I am the man who grabs the sun, <laughs> riding to Valhalla. Witness me, Bloodbag, witness! <laughs> <laughs> it works! It didn't, it didn't make a noise, did it? Though? No, it what, doesn't. What, what is it? It's literally, and this is what they used in the film, it's just this silver mist um, that you put on cakes. And, right. the, and the hilarious thing is... <laughs> One of the quotes on IMDb says that that stuff, if you go on the Amazon review now, there's loads of Mad Max quotes just underneath the product. Basically, yeah. like, yeah, so that's all it is. I'd love it if they'd have had the same applicator you had in the films. They said, like, witness me. They went, like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, like, it's like, like really, really, you have to really spray it, yeah. yeah. Got a bit, it's a bit there. Cupcake yeah. sprayer. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I'm all Mad Max. Anyway. This is the Science Fiction Rating System. Uh, I am Alex Humphrey, and I am joined by Chris Redding. How are you? Uh, hello, I'm good. I'm good. Good. And Sam Draper, how are you? Hello, I am very well, thank you. Good. And we are here today to review and rank Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, it's because we're doing a season uh, of films we've never seen. Uh, last Correct. week was the yeah, last week was Sam's, which was Ex Machina, and none of us mm-hmm. had seen that. No. And this week is Mad Max, and I think I'm the only one who'd never seen this, aren't I? I think so. Had you seen I've this, seen Chris? I've seen this. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. So just just me that not saw it. Yeah. Um, I'd have to say I think it just passed me by. It's a strange one that I didn't. I thought see we'd it. already done it for some reason. I think because we were going to do it or something, weren't we? I think we nearly yeah. did it because it fit. We did, the first, we did the very first one, didn't we? Yeah, and then this has only just come into our uh, threshold of uh, of uh, being um, allowed. So maybe in. We, we were going to and stopped. Yes, perhaps that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so Mad Max Fury Road, uh, directed by George Miller, the original uh, director of Mad Max, uh, also wrote it. Uh, he also made. Can you name another George Miller film? Anyone? Uh, Happy Feet. Very good. Uh, another one? Anyone else? Uh, it's another odd one. The Polar Express? It's not like that's Zemeckis, isn't it? With Witches of Babe. Eastwick. But, yes, Babe's Babe, also yeah. his. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, it was written by a ton of people. The most, in, the most important person I think it's written by is Brendan McCarthy, because he's a storyboard artist. Mm. Uh, he was a storyboard artist for The Borrowers, uh, Highlander 2 and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. However, um, he wrote it was they made 3,500 panels of storyboard with five artists to make this film. Bloody hell. Yeah. How many was that? So, three, three that The storyboard three. was made with the collaboration of five artists and had about 3,500 panels. Oh, right, okay. I yeah. thought I heard 300,000. That's oh, no. why I was no. confused. <laughs> Right, no. okay, that's less ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, and I mean, if you don't know the plot, it's basically, well, like, what I've written here is, in a post-apocalyptic wasteland, an evil warlord is betrayed by one of his best soldiers and summons his armies to chase her down and get revenge. Also, a guy named Max is there, and he is a bit mad. Because um, it's not, it's an odd film, because it is Mad Max, it's not really Max's story, is it? We can, we can get to no. that, but... Um, hmm. Uh, but yeah, but anyway, uh, we're kind of um, straight in with uh, this cool version of the uh, of the logo and stuff, and then you get this big old voiceover uh, from Max Rokotansky, which is his full name, uh, played by Tom Hardy, um, and this is probably like the most 
dialogue you get from him, isn't it? Really, as a character. Yeah, at the start. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, I quite. It's, it, it, his voice sounds different in that monologue at the start. It does in the rest of the film, doesn't it? <sighs> He's kind of all over the place, isn't he, with his voice? I think let's get this done with straight away. What is everyone's opinion of Tom Hardy as an actor? I like because all right, you, you like him, Sam. Um, hit and miss. Yeah, he went through like... a period. He went through a period where the noises he made became predictable. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I think I've seen more bad things than good. Like, have you seen that Cray Brothers film we did? He's absolutely yeah. awful in that. It's, it's a terrible. That is. See, I I saw Venom recently, and I didn't actually think. Oh God, yeah. Yes, yeah, I didn't mind him in that, but equally, I'm a. Very... It's just a bit unhinged, isn't it? <sighs> yeah, I. I don't know how good an actor he really is. I don't know. He's good in um, Inception, and he's good in Lock. He's good Locke? in uh, the Peaky Blinders. I know it's yeah, not yeah. That. yeah, yeah. He's an odd one. I mean, I he's odd. Yeah, I'm gonna say straight away. I don't know if maybe this film might have been better with someone else as the lead actor. I don't know how much he contributes to this role. What do you think? Mm, I'm not sure anyone could have, really, because it's what the role is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it matters who it is because he's not the main draw, is he? No, fair enough. I think it's a good... He's the Trojan horse that lets George Miller make this sort of big, apocalyptic, feminist film. Yeah. But by putting Mad Max on the post, he's allowed to do it. Yeah. No, definitely. No. Do you think, originally, it was intended for Mel uh, back in 2003... (laughs) Uh, but there was problems with shooting locations and stuff. What do we think it would have been like with Mel Gibson in it? Like, very different. It must have been a very different <laughs> film when they were doing that, surely. I can't think... You can't imagine him doing all the weird, like... Well, the way like he moves and stuff, running around the locations. Like, even yeah. just, like, the, like the dimension to the sets and stuff, Mel Gibson wouldn't be able to cope with that, would he? I don't know if he would have put up with the plot or anything either. Do you think he... I think he would have probably weighed uh, in with his opinions a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, surely he was like when's like Mel Gibson's damaged goods long before this, isn't he? <laughs> well, Passion of the Christ was two thousand and four, so that when's that that leak? You know that leaked call him like going mad about Jewish people on the, oh, on the I phone know. call. I don't no, know. No, it's know when, when he knows. called that's... a policewoman sugar tits or something. Yeah, yeah, among other things. Among yeah, among among other things. Um. But yeah, we learn, I mean, in this monologue... it's Actually, sorry, one more thing, Alex. I will say that I don't think Mel Gibson's a very good Mad Max in the old Mad Max films. No, that's true. No, that's true. They're good films kind of despite him, to be honest, aren't they? No, I mean, maybe, what are we saying here? We may be saying that Mad Max has always been a film that wasn't really about Mad Max. It's a world, it's about the world. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree. Um... It's not really much in this big monologue. I mean, it just is all like the world's fucked and everything's awful and I just exist to survive and stuff like that, isn't it? I mean, um, you know, it doesn't really give you a a competent explanation of what's happened. Uh, you get that like, then you get um, like a montage of shots of oil fields and stuff. Mm, is that this? Yeah. Or I think it's something else. No, I think there is something as flashes. I mean, it's all this beginning is extremely kind of quite abstract. He's having yeah. flashes of um, a little girl. <laughs> And he's having. Oh yeah, I like that because that's the that's his girl daughter, isn't it? Out of because you know, like in the first Mad Max. Well, this not this. Well, it it it, you can I think if you can think that you're allowed to think that. However, thank you. uh, I had written it down here somewhere. The girl is she's called Glory the Child, 
uh, and she's seen in a comic series. She's also to be noted. Uh, she can also be noted that she has been run down uh, in a desert by a selection of vehicles while Max's child was killed by a biker gang prior to the war. So she's a character that is in the comics who he, I think he saves. It, we, he, he's he's going to save but doesn't save and then she dies. But it, it, That's worse. Yeah, it's not. I, but I, I'm with you. I think as a viewer, you can see her as his daughter if you want. I, I like that, that gives that's sort of the implication that Mad Max is like a Batman figure where his yeah. origin changes every time. Like, yeah, like, like Batman is always you know, his parents are always dead and yeah. there's always a, a cinema or whatever. Yeah, Mad Max, his daughter's always run over, but it's a different yeah. daughter, a different situation each time. Yeah. I like that sort of, yeah. I mean, I think as well, I think this film, one of the powers of this film is it's open to interpretation because it's kind of unclear whether it's a sequel, a reboot, um, a reimagining. Do you know what I mean? It, yeah. it could be the same Max. It could be a different Max. And I think any, anything you can say, I think, is valid. You know, I, I love that. Like it, it, it doesn't care, and you no. don't need to worry about it yourself, do you? No, so it's, no. It doesn't ask anything of you other than no. just like this is what's going on. I yeah. enjoy it. I didn't really know about Mad Max before I came to this. I haven't seen no. any of them before this. No, I think there's a lot of Mad Max out there if you want there to be. I mean, there's books probably and comics and all sorts. But yeah, like you say, I think it's what the power of this is that it just can be what you it can be whatever, uh, and you just get kind of caught up in it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, in the beginning here, Max gets caught. He gets tattooed, uh, and he's basically. From what I can work out, people get captured and the, their blood is siphoned into the war boys to keep them yeah. going because yeah. they're kind of weirdly like they the drug they take kind of lets them go makes them go hyper and die, but then they come back from the dead kind of thing a bit. Is that what you get that? They don't I've actually that. come back from the dead. No, they're kind of They're just high up, on something and Yeah. 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 Isn't the implication that the gene pool is like that they're all descendants of Morton Joe and his women? Mm, yes. Is that what it is? Yeah, there's very, very that's shallow... That's so, like, fucked yeah. up. Yeah. Because the gene pool is so rubbish. Yeah. So they need people's blood, basically, to... Uh... Do you think they're actually white or are they painted white? But the little kids are that colour as well, yeah, aren't they? Yes, they are white. I, yeah. I don't... Is that because they're indoors all the time? They're in caves or whatever? Uh, maybe. Whatever. Maybe they're bred indoors, yeah, maybe. Just a look. It's <laughs> just a look. I just went for it. Yeah, it's just a, yeah. just a style. Go for it. Um, and I mean, it, it's a pretty cool beginning. You get to see a lot of stuff. You get straight off the bat. The spectacle is there. The spectacle of Immortan John uh, Joe's uh, kind of his citadel, isn't there? And we see yeah. we see the vehicles, and we see the yeah the, the kind of war boys and the um, uh, and the um, and just kind of like the huge. The, he does that big speech and lets the water flood down on his people. And we kind of, it's already, I mean, I having never seen it. I was already within the first like 10 minutes, I was already blown away by how Im- impressive it is. Just how stunning it is. How, <clears throat> how they got that stuff done. Um, yeah. I mean, it doesn't it helps. It like opens with them escaping and that like great little action scene at the start. Mm. That's a false start, but like, there's just no fucking around it's straight into it. Yeah. Just going, going, going. Yeah. Yeah. It's a mental world that it <clears throat> is painted like in them first few minutes. It's like, oh my God, what yeah. the hell? It's clever, isn't it, how much of it you, you understand so quickly, isn't it? Like yeah. They do so little, but you get it, don't you? Like, mm. But it also, I think it's a pretty impressive that for a film that kind of created the genre, 
like one end is Mad Max, the original Mad Max, and that created this genre basically. Now yeah. all these years later, he's doing another one. I mean, the same person, and it didn't look tired. It doesn't look old. It doesn't look like he's trading off old ideas. It still seems not at all fresh, doesn't it? Like mm, you know, yeah. when you see them loading up um, the kind of the the big massive war truck thing, and like the vehicles they all feel like stuff I'd never seen before or not stuff I could, Im- I'd imagined anyway. Yeah. Like, it's just taken to the absolute extreme, isn't it? Of what mm. Mad Max yeah. was. Yeah. Um, but, and also the color palette is so unique, isn't it? Yes. That's what makes, that mm. helps a lot is that like old Mad Max, it's most like the second Mad Max, whatever that's called. That's the most like similar yeah. plot wise. Yeah. But that's got the traditional like grimy look of post-apocalyptic films yeah. I think the, just the fact this is so bright and colourful mm. does a lot to make it stand out just in that yeah, yeah, yeah. by itself really yeah yeah, yeah definitely it's a beautiful film isn't it it's absolutely oh, beautiful yeah. Yeah. oh yeah yeah um, I mean plot wise we're introduced here to uh, Furiosa uh, played by Charlie's Theon and she's kind of seems to be very high up in Immortan Joe uh, he, his army Im- Imper- Imperator Imperator Imperator, Imperator. Imperator, that's it. Uh, Roman thing, isn't it? Oh, is it? <clears throat> that's just the emperor, isn't it? Imperator. I think it's like, I think it's one below the emperor. It's like the guy gets shit done, isn't it? I think. Oh, is that okay. Imperator. Oh, okay. A commander. A title conferred under a public on a victorious general and under the empire on the emperor. Oh, yeah. Um, she's been charged with, but basically they seem to be going on a gun, a run for guns and bullets, basically, and a run for... Uh, they're, they're, are they selling the oil or getting the oil? I couldn't really tell. I think they're getting the oil. They're getting it. Gastown's got the oil. Yeah, and they're bullet, getting that. Is it Bullet Farms? Yeah, it's, called? it's got so the like a place of bullets, bullets, isn't it? Bullets, yeah. And I guess they've got water, so I suppose the yeah. three of them trade out between yeah. them, those things. So she goes off on this run, but then quite quickly we learn that she, in fact, has smuggled out uh, a bunch of Immortan Joe's wives, uh, mm. and she has, in fact, uh, betrayed him and is going to take them away. Uh, and he works this out very quickly, uh, quite impressively quickly, but in a n- nice, good way that he works it out so quickly, isn't it? A Morn Joe? Yeah, like he he, he, he figures yeah. out the plot quite quickly. He, he works out he's been betrayed pretty quickly, doesn't he? Well, that's yeah. his job. That's all he's yeah. got to do. But I think other films might have left it a bit longer. I don't think another film would have got going this yeah, quickly. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Like, I think you'd have had a bit yeah. of... <laughs> Him being on the road, maybe. Maybe Max escaping whilst within the Citadel rather than in the chase. I don't know. I mean, I think that's this film's, like, greatest strength. It's just its absolute refusal to slow down or, mm. like, meander around things. It just gets on with stuff. Like, it doesn't... Like, quite often you watch films that are, like... Say they've got three big set pieces mm. and you can see they're sort of tiptoeing around because they know they've got, like, half an hour of good action. Yeah. And they're working up to it and doing what they can to, like, section it off. This yeah. film just goes and goes and goes and goes and goes because it knows it's got more stuff to give you all yeah. the way through. Yeah, yeah. Right? And when it finally does stop for like 10 minutes, about, you know, half an hour from the end, you like catch your breath, like you almost physically like, mm. you're like, bloody hell, that was a long yeah. hour, wasn't it? That was, <laughs> a lot went on. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So, I mean, pretty quickly, we start the main meat of the film, which is this epic chase with uh, Furiosa in her, uh, her huge battle tank thing and the women, uh, because the the people that are with her have realised that they're on the wrong side, so they get kind of thrown off. And then all of the war boys and Immortan Joe all head out with Max strapped to the uh, front of uh, Nux, isn't it? Nux. Nux, yeah. Nux, yeah. played by, uh, what's his face? Uh, Nicholas, Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. 
Uh, yep. And uh, yeah, and he so he's strapped to the front. He of He does car. a good role, I think. Like, he, oh yeah, the way he delivers his lines is mad. Yeah, and he no, really, he's really good. Invested. You've got to really, it, haven't you? Otherwise, it just is not going to work. Well, also he feels. Yes. Yeah, you've got to go away. Again, another trick of this film is he feels like a real throwaway character, but he ends mm. up being like one of the most important <clears throat> kind of characters in the film, really. Yeah, I mean his his arc is probably the heroic arc of the film more than Max's, mm. isn't it? Really, definitely more than Max. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have a big, big, massive chase, 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 and I mean the the action is like jaw droppingly good, even at this point. This isn't even the probably the biggest set piece, is it? But it's pretty. <clears throat> it's just not. How did they do it? <laughs> I mean, like, the stunts are ripped, oh, ridiculous. It was an amazing making of. It was yeah. a great making of, of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm just in a massive stretch of desert, basically, like with a literal convoy yeah. and loads of very skilled stunt people doing some really oh, clever okay. shit. Like a lot of it's practical. A ton of it's practical. Tons yeah. of cameras as well. Like they did things. <clears throat> they did have to do things very often, basically, to get yeah. loads of footage. Yeah. No, so that's what I read. So, Because it's his wife, isn't it, that edited it. Uh, George Miller's wife yeah. edited it. And she had 470 hours of footage to edit. It took them three months to watch it. Because uh, uh, I think she came out of retirement as well to edit it. Um, uh, and uh, when she asked why he, he thought she could take over the project, because she'd, she'd never, she'd never ed- edited an action film before, uh, and when when she said, "Why should I do it?" Miller replied, "Because if a guy did it, it would look like every other action movie." Miller's choice paid off, and Sixel received an Academy Award for Best Editing. Uh, Margaret Sixel. Um, so yeah, I guess what you're saying, yeah, like you say, they just filmed and filmed and filmed, and uh, they just put it together afterwards. I mean, I guess that's why the storyboards were there because they he'd already imagined the film, so he could see what he was doing. I don't think anyone else could see. What what he what was what he was doing really? Um, you can tell in like the choreography of the of the action scenes how much is storyboarded because of how much like if you think of like the logic of where things are and how things interact and stuff like that, it it's, it doesn't do that thing films do where they just shake the camera around a bit because no. they can't they're not working on the actual physical space. Mm. This you can you know where everything is, don't you? At all yeah. times and everything that moves yeah. around makes sense. Yeah, and it's how such far a they thing are. to watch. Yeah, and how far away the mm. distance yeah, yeah. from people is, the locations of things. Yeah. You know, the fact that mm. the when the bullet people join the kind of action, when the oil people join, they come <clears throat> logistically from yeah. the from the locations, don't they? Because they've moved to that point that yeah. those people are nearby. Mm. Um, and mm. then I it, think the, the payoff of doing action like that is that, like, if you think about it, you're seeing the same kind of action scene three times, the big chase mm. and a big fight. But because it's such an attention to detail, every little thing feels exciting and new mm. because it's so well... You know what I mean? Like a yeah. lesser director, you'd just be bored of it the second time you saw it. Oh, like, yeah. I've already seen you jump over this thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it's, definitely. It's really good. Um, it's also, <clears throat> I think, another element is it's kind of also... Which we see in the ne- the kind of big section here where they drive into the storm, which is the point where Max gets free. Um, it's also kind of quite arty at times, but not in a mm-hmm. not in a kind of pretentious, leaden way. It's just kind of in its visual style. I think he's not really he's not afraid to just go all out, like you say, with the visuals, and it looks almost. It's, I mean, this this it's all kind of um, this white. You see the hurricane, don't you? And there's like the flashes mm. and 
kind of it's quite um it's kind of very abstract this scene when they're in the in the in the uh, in the hurricane but it completely works i think in another film another action film you just think this was a bit of wank really you'd be a bit like all oh, right you know don't need to show off <laughs> don't you think i like i mean i i agree with you it's like totally arty how how things are shown and the look of the different environments even though they essentially just traveling through desert mm. they they really i like the environment when they get to like that uh you know that creepier place with the trees oh yeah yeah marsh, yeah. yeah the old the old greenland whatever yeah it's yeah. Right. yeah yeah uh, that's cool <coughs> mm. um yeah it's it's super Mm-hmm. Those the shot of when he goes into the hurricane that that wide shot he pulls out and you see the whole like the yeah. tide of it mm. like that's uh, mm. incredible like those mm. and I mean that's, and also can use sparingly exactly so that's that's obviously not real that's obviously CGI but it looks so good because you haven't been watching already an it's hour like of a painting that anyway. or something isn't it it's like, yeah. yeah 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 um it's this point that the the war the war rig kind of breaks down and we get to meet the people the kind of we see the uh, breeders as they are uh in the uh in there uh played by one of them's rosie huntington whiteley uh which is the main one which is uh immortal mm-hmm. joe's favorite and also zoe kravitz is there and i think some one of the others is like because zoe kravitz is obviously um lenny kravitz daughter i think one of the others is also someone else's daughter um Oh. Yeah, one's Lisa Marie's daughter, isn't it? Yes, Lisa um, Marie Presley. Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah, which is yeah. a bit odd. Um, but you kind well, of still models, aren't they? I think. Yeah, they're models first, aren't they? Yeah. Not actor second. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I worked um, a lot with Rosie. She was she's nice. Oh really? She used to do a lot of M and S stuff. Oh okay. Oh good. I mean, she's very good in this. She gives a good considering she hadn't really acted before this, had she? I don't think it's one of her first big roles. This uh, and Transformers. No. Well, no, Transformers, I guess, was the big mm. ones, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, they, do, they, they don't have to do much in this, do they? Does she? No. And they're given no, quite. No, no, no. I think she's only got like one line, hasn't she? Two lines. She just died early, doesn't she, I suppose? Mm. I mean, they're quite. They're all supposed to be kind of archetypes, aren't they? There's like. Mm. They're all supposed yeah. to be. They're all almost supposed to represent different elements of personalities or. Whatever, but I mean, I don't think they're they're still all watchable in it. You don't get they're not frustrating. It doesn't. You don't at this point be like, oh god, what's this? You know, I think it it still flows very well at this point. Mm. Yeah, especially like when they first turn up and it's like a bunch of like models in not many clothes. <laughs> There's yeah. a real even even watching it again, I was like really worried, thinking, oh god, please don't have aged badly, you know? But because it could, it could go really off the right way up rails, it couldn't. Yeah. It? Yeah. But I think it doesn't, and it's really well handled and really well. Like they're powerful characters; they've got a lot going on. They're like yeah. not just—they're no. not like a cliched badass, and they're not just like whimpering women. They're like no. actually—they're all fully formed. They've got personalities and stuff like that. Mm. Which really, yeah. And as 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 Chris says, none of them have got that much dialogue, so it's kind of uh, pretty impressive that they uh, they kind of get that across with the sparing amount of words that they have. Um, mm. What do we what do we all think of Charlize Theon in this? Theron. As Theron as Furiosa. Do we like the character? Do you think it's a good performance? Are you convinced by her or what do you reckon? Yeah, she's great. I think uh, the effect they do with her arm is very good as mm. well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. Kind of seamless. Um Yeah. 
Sam, are you a fan? I think she's wonderful. Yeah, no, I think she's, she's good in this. Wonderful in it. Like start to finish, she's she's mm. fantastic. Mm. Like when because she's like you say, like she's carrying the film. Max isn't carrying mm. the film. No, mm. not at all. And no. the payoff you get with it, like when she like claps on the, the sand at the end and stuff, and actually yeah. like yeah. gets beaten up. Yeah, it's just brilliant. I think I think she's tremendous in it. Yeah. in a way that Tom Hardy isn't. Like she is really, really, really mm. good. Yeah, she should have got an Oscar for it. Yeah, well, considering how many Oscars the film got, it feels a bit like hmm. a bit unfair not to have thrown her one. Yeah, no, it's a really good performance. Yeah, I mean, I think you said it perfectly, Sam. It is a Tom Hardy is the Trojan horse of this film that kind of it, it. He obviously got the money in or got people through the door, but then it really isn't anything to do with him. In fact, he's probably the most boring character, really. I mean, he doesn't really do yeah. anything. He's a well, it- Bit of a dick. Like. It's not even Tom Hardy. It's just that George Miller wouldn't get this film made unless he said Mad Max no. in big letters because it's it's mm. the film that it is, isn't it? Like that's yeah. that's how he makes it. You don't make it like he's. Well, they're making Furiosa now, aren't they? Yeah. You, you never would have got Furiosa off the ground mm. without Mad Max being there and no. being the, the star. You know. Quite. No, no. Back in uh, back on Fury Road, the chase continues. Uh, Nux is kind of uh, on their side now, isn't he? He's joined the uh, the breeders and Max. Um, and uh, like you said, after the you've missed the bit. It's the best scene in the film when um, he goes back to Immortan Joe and he's like, "Oh, I, I've got on there. I can sort it out for you. Don't worry." Oh yeah. And he goes, "Right, <laughs> get over there, and then he'll come back, and I'll and, and I'll, I'll you'll be my best man or whatever." And he goes yeah. straight onto the rig, like falls over, <laughs> gets his foot caught, and <laughs> yeah. fucks it up. And then Immortan Joe just goes mediocre. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is yeah. fucking brilliant. I love that scene. Yeah, and he's so, Immortan Joe is so good, isn't he? Yes, yeah. he's brilliant. And also, he, I mean, he's played by the original baddie Toe Cutter, isn't he? In, yeah, in the, the guy original. in the first one. Yeah, which is uh, nuts, isn't it? Yeah, it is nuts. Yeah, I mean, and that's good because he's not supposed to be that character, is he? Or I don't think it's supposed oh, to no, be, no, no. you know, it's just a... No, no, no. Yeah, it's just a kind of loyal director bringing back his an actuary light, I guess. Um, yeah. I thought it was cool. I mean, um, yeah, I think visually, is obviously, it's a spectacular film. I think the sound, we haven't mentioned, the sound in this is pretty amazing. Uh, and the music, the soundtrack is pretty cool. Um, I really liked... The, the sound the sounds incredible. I really liked as well mm, the way... They have that guy, the guy that's on the rig playing the guitar, the flamethrower guitar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that I didn't notice until I think it is in this, like in the scene where we're nearly where we're where we're at. When they get near to him, it actually the sound the guitar like got louder as the the camera was like yeah, visually yeah. near to him. Like it's the yeah. sound of that is exactly right. So it's like he is doing, he is playing that. I mean, that's crazy. The guitar is played by a real guitarist, oh, Australian really? from a band. I can't remember what his name is, and the guitar. When you press the whammy uh, bar down, the flames come out the top. Oh, wow. It really does do that flame effect. Oh, my God. Wow. Pretty cool. Okay, that is pretty cool. It's yeah. not very clever use of your oil if you don't have the oil. <laughs> no. it would. I mean, it would get me going. If I was driving I mean, down is the road... Is it just for show? Yeah. Must be. Is it just for yeah. intimidating your enemies? Yeah. Well, it's keeping that whole like Roman thing of, you know, like the drums going and the... Yeah. But yeah. It's the modern equivalent of a, of a, of a marching band, isn't it? Basically? Yeah, like I say, it'd keep yeah. me like... Also, I kind of... You driven. Don't, you don't really get... I, I got the impression that, like, resources weren't scarce for war, were they? Like, no. The whole thing's very, like... The, the amount of bullets they find, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's like the society's set up so that the only thing that is in abundance is the... Yeah. The war machine, isn't it? Like the the fuels there and the guns there to mm. go to war, and yeah. they never really have. And I like that as well. There's never that like, oh, we're running out of stuff and things like mm. that. It's, no, it's just like it's just full, you know, pedal to the floor, yeah. balls out all the way through. Yeah, I mean, like that that amazing scene at the start where they all there's the big mound of steering wheels 
and they will go and get a steering wheel to like put that's in their car. Yeah. That's brilliant. And I think what this where the, this is one of the few post-apocalyptic films that seems set in a working post-apocalypse. Like this, this society is working. It's not great, but it is functioning, isn't it? It's not like you say. It's not people aren't like desperate for food. Where you do they get all their food from, though? Well, they grow it. Morton Joe's growing a load of stuff, isn't he? They say grow it, yeah. it in the, the top, top of the things, top. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that the, the fact they do show you only enough is why it works, isn't it? As well, though, yeah. like, you don't really have to ask those questions because it's yeah. not hinging on anything ridiculous. No. Mm. I mean, yeah. there is a really good bit which I wrote down, which is when they like, they've chased and chased and chased, and you know, like uh, Rosie's dead, and it's all going a bit wrong, and uh, the people eater. The, as the character is known uh, he does this big speech about all the stuff they've wasted in the chase and it kind of reminded me a bit of um, yeah. of uh, THX you know where they basically they do the chase until the point where it becomes out of budget and then they oh, just yeah, give yeah. up mm. and I kind of wondered yeah. if that was where this was going to go but obviously <clears throat> you know uh, it's kind of Immortan Joe's too driven to uh, to do that um, but um, again like, how good is that the, the, they, that the two of the leaders of Gastown and Bullet Farm ever probably get like a minute of, oh, of yeah. set up and exposition and they just feel so fully fleshed out mm. don't they yeah, yeah. oh yeah they're great yeah yeah they're the horrible the brilliant. big the, the huge big kind of fat one that's just got like a doesn't he just have his legs like oh, no he has a stump as like his legs are just this big fleshy stump or something yeah, yeah. oh he's horrible yeah uh, do you get shot that, in the eyes or something no he gets i think he does the one who gets like blinded that's the other one the other yeah. one he, that's that's the um the bullet, bullet one. I, his tank, yeah. you know, his tank car thing. Yeah, that That's was cool. the yeah. that was the most dangerous car that they had. It it, <laughs> it was very very like it didn't dangerous. really function. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't really work as a hybrid, and it was quite dangerous to drive around. And yeah, I read lovely. Yeah, um, basically we have a yeah, like you say, as Chris mentioned, we they, they go through this very weird kind of mud filled blue landscape which we uh find out in the next few scenes was actually the uh <clears throat> used to be a lush green land uh, and it's not anymore and there are those really crazy weird like stilt men going through it aren't they they're really yeah, going through it. creepy yeah. um is this is this after we've gone past the guy with the, when he gets his eyes shot out is that before this there's yeah that's well, no that's just around well they, when they're going through the big blue it's bit just, is when yeah it's yeah, yeah. him when he i think that's the best bit of the film that was what I his loved. his attack you know when um yeah, you know when like uh, Tom Hardy takes a sniper rifle out and he fires his first shot, yeah. oh, and yeah. two bullets, and then the second one, and then when he just, when Charlie's throne comes down, and just puts it on his shoulder. Yeah, it's just so well done. He's like, she's like, don't breathe. Yeah, and then like that was incredible. Like this film, I had such a big smile on my face all the way through it. Yeah, and that's just incredible. And then when he shoots the guy's eyes out, and you think, oh, this yeah. is really cool. And you know when he gets those two guns out, and yeah. he's going like, I am the judgment, I am yeah, the whatever. Yeah, yeah. He's like <laughs> just streaming through, just shooting everywhere. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. Like, it's just so. <laughs> It doesn't, oh, is it, and it looks amazing. Is it, yeah. does it, is it because he, he doesn't shoot his eyes, is it? It's like he gets blinded, doesn't he, through the uh, yeah, is it some telescope? Shatters? Is that what it is? Oh, uh, yeah. maybe, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't yeah. mind. Oh, because the then it cuts light, back, maybe, yeah, because it cuts back to him and his eyes are all burnt out. Yeah, mm. <laughs> a flare going, yeah. I'm hot, put the flare in front of him, I'm holding yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that was it, yeah. Is <laughs> there yeah. going, yeah. Can I say? It's so good. Yeah. And just those shots are like with the, that intense blue light. It's changed. The palette's yeah. completely changed from over before. Yeah. yeah. And he's like this weird, like, Christ sort of machine gun toting figure on the end of his car. <laughs> it's just mental. I, I love it. Yeah. The invention, like, going on in this film is yeah. just 
no you know no and it, like you say it doesn't stop like you keep seeing new things like it doesn't just kind of like give up halfway through and just carry on with what it's got you keep there's there's more there's kind of more and more spectacle when you think there isn't going to be any more there definitely is it just delivers more spectacle yeah. just straight the way through doesn't yeah. it um mm. um plot wise i guess this is where they meet the uh the gang of uh, the all-female gang uh, who seemed to be where Furiosa grew up and she was taken from was this kind of tribe of women. Mm, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, the, the many mothers, that's it. And uh, obviously at this point is where you get the kind of twist that they were heading for this green place, but they've actually the blue, muddy, horrible bit with the trees. That was the green place and there isn't really... It's kind of quite a down point. There isn't really an answer, is there? There's not really a... There's no escape, basically. Um, mm. and the kind of plan that Furiosa has is to just keep going across the salt flats and maybe get out. But then Max, with his most mad... Which is the sea, I presume, isn't it? Is that what that is? Yeah, I guess That's so. The sea? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, Max, with nice his, plan, his yeah. most mad plan, basically says, mm. let's not do that. Let's go back to where we came from because all the troops are out and we can take the Citadel and we can kind of live there. And I think it's kind of plot-wise, it's pretty crazy. It's impressive that this film goes like does that because that's kind of a mm. it, it's a pretty ballsy thing for a film to have a chase all the way in one direction and then just go, you know what, we're just going to go all the way back the other way. Uh, but it completely does Brilliant. make sense, Brilliant. doesn't it? Like it works. Yeah. Um, so good. It's it's so good. That they do go the wrong way first of all, and you get yeah. the bit of Mad Max, of Max Quinto and going like, no yeah. way. because it's like that thing of. As they realise what they're going to do, you're also thinking, "Oh shit, they're just going to go back, and like, yeah. this is going to be so cool." Yeah, <laughs> it's like a really, yeah, it's a really well paced scene. That is, yeah, uh, yeah. And then so basically, then we head into kind of what is the kind of the biggest. I guess it's the biggest kind of. I don't know. Is it the biggest action the scene? It's the it? climactic ac- yeah, yeah, action, yeah, it's the action thing, scene. Yeah. Probably the biggest. Uh, and yeah, it is absolutely spectacular. Just the stuff with the, the people on those like giant poles. Um, mm. and just like there's just like the whole things are brilliant everyone it's everything kind of kicking off in every direction isn't it it's a there's a lot yeah. I mean I I almost felt like I probably need to watch it again quite like again again to, to take it all in because I don't think you can take all in what's going on and who's killing who and like what who's dead and then suddenly because I mean quite a lot of people in that scene are, are wiped out aren't they mm. Mm. Quite, I disagree with that though oh. I think you can take it all in and I think that's because it is so well directed. I think that I think you do like I said before, like the choreography. You've got a really good idea about who mm. is where and what they're doing. Yeah, like with the women on the different bits of the truck and stuff like that. Yeah, and you've got Immortal and Joe the one side and things like that. And like I agree, obviously there's more to see there. But yeah. I think again, considering how many people are in play, yeah. like you've got mm. all those women in play: Furiosa, Max. Uh, Nick, so what Nook, so his yeah, name is yeah. Immortan Joe, yeah. Immortan Joe's son, yeah. the the fat guy from the towns. All these different agents going on, and then all these other things going off the top yeah. of it, and yet you, it makes sense, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. I think also it's one of the f- one of the few films I've seen where I would personally say that there's no character that isn't fleshed out or given almost equal screen time. I don't think there's any character in it that you don't feel like you kind of saw enough of. I think it's extremely one of the, equal. One of the daughters, you don't see a lot of. Maybe, mm. I guess. But that's about it. But I mean, really, considering it. even Immortan Joe, you get enough of an idea about him as a baddie, even like I say, like you say, his son. 
they're all Mm. very well everyone is given like their own little section it's extremely balanced screen time Mm. i'd say uh and and, and just character development for everyone which i think is really powerful as a film that's impressive there are films that are ensemble pieces that don't handle the characters as well as this i would say you know and this isn't even really about the characters it's so fast fast paced though you don't it's it's quite incredible like uh editing because mm. Mm. it really does jump around and it's so quick and mm. energetic yeah it, yeah i mean it keeps you keeps you there all the time like when it mm. keeps cutting back to morton joe and he's just like just raging just driving and yeah. raging <laughs> i just love that like, yeah <laughs> yeah like, ah! i mean it's like the fact that him just saying mediocre, yeah. like one word, yeah. makes so much sense, and he's so iconic, <laughs> despite having probably had like ten minutes of screen time, if that. Yeah, yeah. and yet it's so in character, and you get it, don't you? It's just a brilliant. Yeah, yeah. I, I always think that line as well. Like, how would you like? How would you know to write that? That's what I always think about that line. Like, mm. how how do you get to the point where you know that character so well, mm. you know you can say the word mediocre, and that and that everyone will get it and think it's incredible. <laughs> That's such a weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I mean, it was in development hell for many, many years. Uh, pre-production was starting uh-huh. as early as '97 for this film. Yeah. So uh, attempts to shoot in 2001, 2003 were delayed because of September 11th attacks in the Iraq War. 2007, uh, he was going to do it again. He was thinking of a computer animated, uh, like an animation film, completely. Uh, and then gave that up, and then finally kind of got round to it. So you read that when you finally got round to it as well. That the desert, um, they were in a film in Australia, oh, yeah, and, yeah. and they went out to the desert to do it. <laughs> It'd been like a really like um, like wet <laughs> summer, and so just full of flowers. The desert was. So they had to go to like is it, is it it's, Namibia, yeah, like that, or yeah, somewhere in Africa, isn't it? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Obviously, it, it, thank God he didn't just give up on it because he could have, couldn't he? Yeah. I mean. Mm. Well, have you heard about the sequel? No. What's what's the, the um, well the sequel's like Furiosa, a prequel, and is he making that since this came out? And oh wow! In, again, in development hell. And after we watched this, I looked it up, and weirdly enough, he started casting for it over Skype last month. Oh, it's finally it's happening and going to production. Oh, next good. Year, so okay. they are making it. Well, that's good. That's cool. Oh, good. Hmm. Nice. Well, back in back I with Furiosa. In uh, Fury Road, there's, yeah, as we say, there's this huge epic fight scene. Immortan Joe's killed. Uh, Rictus, uh, is Rictus killed? I think he might still be alive. Oh, no, he gets killed. He, it blows up. He does get killed. Yeah, Nux yeah, saves yeah. them all, basically, by blowing everything up and crushes the crushing, bridge. Yeah, the bridge. Yeah. So that's how they get back. Um, and in the end, they kind of drive back into, uh, into the Citadel and everyone is just pretty much kind of everyone's just happy to see them really it's not really but i mean i guess it makes sense yeah. if she's the number two in command it, it's not that yeah. much mm. that she'd take over um and no. in the end she's she turns yeah yeah she turns on the wall but also you get you 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 find out that the people on the bottom aren't like, really didn't like him Morton no. which wasn't really clear at the start don't you because no. they're like let her up let her up yeah and they tear his body apart don't they really throw yeah. him off the car so. yeah which you know makes sense um he probably didn't give them very much water. Um, <laughs> no. um, and then I think probably the best thing is that in the end, Mad Max just doesn't go with them. He wanders off into the crowd and just heads off. And it's not in a kind of, oh, yeah, let's follow him. You are just like, but you were just a means to get us 
kind of here. I think that's how yeah. I saw it. I didn't feel like, you know, that kind of ending normally is a fil- in a film is like, oh, and he carries on to fight another day. But in this, it really just felt yeah. like you were just a way to get us, literally get us here in the film, but also get us here to a story about more interesting characters or more I interesting people. I think it's making it explicitly clear. It's like making it so clear that he is the audience surrogate yeah. and it isn't about him. He is us. Yeah. Because when the film ends and we, we go off, he walks off as well. Yeah. Because mm. And he's in the crowd. At, at, we're at Timeston. Yeah. Yeah. And he's yeah. just one of the crowd, isn't he? And then there's also the base. It ends with this weird quote. Do we, did you know about the quote at the end of this? No. So the quote is, where must we go? Oh. We who wander the wasteland in search of our better selves from the first history man. And basically it turns out, I looked it up, the fictional quote was invented by Miller to underline the central themes. Uh, the author, the first history man, isn't specified by name, but two Mad Max comic prequels, again, co-written mm-hmm. by Miller, use the character as the narrator. So basically he's a character who, uh, he allegedly appeared in early drafts of the film when they were storyboarding it, an old man desperate to remember the facts and figures of the past. So he's basically just a kind of, supposed to be someone who's been documenting the world of Mad Max, I guess. Um, mm. it's, it's kind of weird to end on a quote that is a made-up quote, but, you know, this film is pretty mm. much writes its own... He's earned it, I think. Yeah, it writes its yeah. own checks, doesn't it? And it, 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 it kind of cashes yeah. them and it, it, it earns them and it completely makes sense why why it does that. Um, yeah, and it... Uh, uh, yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. And it ends pretty much... Yeah, ends right there. Uh, what did we all think of Mad Max then? Uh, Chris... What do you reckon overall? Uh, yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I enjoyed it. I had a good time throughout. Uh, yep. I don't think there was even a, a lull or anywhere I didn't really like. No, um, definitely not. Uh, Is it your favourite yeah, of I've, the Mad Max I've films? seen it two or three times. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's just like another it's on a it's like a different mm. sort of film really isn't it it's yeah definitely yeah it's a different genre it's yeah it's it's a lot of fun uh yeah. and yeah i've seen it a few times and i could watch it again mm. yeah yeah sam no. No, 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 what's no. what's your uh, what's your overall uh, yeah i think it's absolutely stunning like it's it's I don't know, like I'd had a smile on my face all the way through. Um, Lucy summed it up best, I think, which is like a roller coaster mm. in that like it just goes and goes and goes and you get that one little bit where it ratchets back up again when they stop in the desert and then it yeah. goes again. And it just, you don't, you just don't get, you're not exhausted by it. No. You're, you're not like, even though it's constant action, you're with it and you're, it's so, mm. it's just brilliant. Mm. It looks amazing. It sounds amazing. The story is what it needs to be. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's there's literally one thing I'd change with it, and that is that um, when the big rig explodes, because mm. this was a 3D film, it's that era of 3D. Uh, you know, when the, like the, the, it comes off and all the bits of the the, the front uh, of the van like, towards yeah, the screen, uh, and it's like proper like 3D image bits, yeah. and that's the only bits unfortunate that I think taken out. Um, and one other thing, have you seen the black and chrome version of it? Chris? Yeah, it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you should watch that, Alex. Oh, okay, there's, there's, like a, there's like a black and white version of it, which is also. Like it, it, it weirdly changes the tone of it, like quite oh, a lot. Okay. It, it, it's a lot more, not like, not slow, but like quiet in a way. It's oh, odd, okay. but it's, it's really like it looks absolutely amazing. In, yeah, uh, in black and white as well. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Alex, are you also? I loved it. Yeah. No, I thought it was spectacular. I just think it's. I love action films anyway. I think, like you say, the spectacle is just on another level. 
I think just I love the fact that it is still George Miller that he kind of that he it was him that kind of rebooted, reimagined whatever you wanted, to, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, and I just thought it was amazing. I just thought it was, there's not yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Like it just like you say, it just it powers through. It keeps going. You don't get bored of what you're seeing. I, I had I, I think mm. Tom Hardy was the weak link for me, but I can kind mm. of let him off. Um, just because he isn't really that important, like you say. Um, so maybe now I've watched. I it wonder once. whether on a sec. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, on a second viewing, I think it would bother you less. because yeah. you'd be you'd be expecting less. Yeah, that's the thing. I didn't know where this character was going. I didn't know how important he would be or not. And now I think, yeah, on a mm. second viewing, I can sit back and be like, well, he's not that important. So he's not a key figure. So it would be. Well, less- it's just weird to have like the main character there, like with a you know a gardening trowel attached to his face and you can't <laughs> yeah you know, you're like, yeah. Oh, what's going on yeah that's no, true it's not really him it's just the it's a small role in this film and obviously they had to put mad max on in in, in the title yeah mm. yeah exactly so mad max mm. currently where we've only got one mad max film in the list at 88 at, is almost. At 88 so where is fury yeah. road gonna go i feel from uh, the feedback that it might be higher than that what do you reckon? <laughs> anyone, anyone want to open well, up? Sam, I, I, I'll open up because I know, I've thought about it quite a lot. Yeah, um, it's top ten for me, definitely. <sighs> Ooh, top ten. I think, I think it's number six. I've had a real wow. debate myself over whether it's better or worse than Predator, and I think it's a better film than Predator. I think that, that a lot of what I like about Predator is nostalgia and stuff like this. I think this is just. Uh, it's just incredible. Like, like you say, I don't know what you change of this film, mm. and like it's such. Um, it's not like um, it's something like weird and like Ghost in the Shell, which I love, but is odd, and you couldn't watch that over again, or mm. you could eventually. This is this is an action film. Like you could show anyone this, yeah, and they'd get it, and it's a really good action film. And I think like Predator's a really good action film. You know, like mm. it's, it's that sort of. Mm. It's a hard thing to do right and not fuck it up. But mm. anyway, any advances on that? What are you two thinking? Oh no, I, I love Predator too much, so I would instantly say I'm happy with it being high, but I I wouldn't I can't let it get higher than Predator. Well, where were, where were you thinking before I said anything? What would you? I don't know. I mean, definitely top top twenty, maybe even top fifteen. I was thinking like fourteen. Yeah, I'm trying to think uh, because I mean, I mean, it's I totally agree with you for everything, but it's for some reason just not like one of my loved films, mm. just because of. The world, I guess. I just. I think maybe um, when you look at these top ones, apart from Star Wars: New Hope, you've got a bit of thinking going on in these films, and maybe you know how much thinking is going on in Mad Max. It is real. Sp- I think you can think. I think you can. It's like thinking in you Star can, Wars, um, but it's. No. Uh, I mean, you can apply like a, a feminist sort of theory reading to this film. I'll mm-hmm. get deep with it if you want about the portrayal of women in it and how yeah. they yeah. interact with this world. Economics. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not. I wouldn't be mad at seven, but mm, I don't know. It's hard. What do you say, Chris? Fourteen. Yeah, but you know, I, I think, would I watch. I would rewatch it mm. a, a lot more than something like two thousand one, for instance. I think. Yeah. It go I think it's it's got to go higher than. I think it's got to go at least ten. I take I ten. Ten's good number. Yeah, like uh, I think Star right. Trek Two yeah. Robocop are things that I consider like on par. Okay. Yeah. All right, yeah. Ten? Yeah, ten. Go for it. It is a very oh, good cool. film. Terminator's and it, been knocked out of number ten. And it does look absolutely, you know, like there isn't... The Terminator. 
Anything else that looks Out like it? <laughs> or Terminator. It's still 11, it's though. It's position. It is. Yeah. Top 10. Top is. 10 of how many? 164. So yeah. it's pretty... Uh... Yeah. Good work. So there we have it. Mad Max Fury so that's Road. that's now one of our top 10 much-loved films. Well, yeah, there you go. I mean, it's uh, quite a... Uh, Quite a shocker, really, isn't it? I mean, that's... we need like a gold seal to like put on it and send to people, you know, <laughs> send to George Miller. You've got top 10 in the SFRA. We can do that. We should, could like you? A certificate. Yeah, yeah, certificate. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be you great. You need to get his well, address. Yeah. yeah, we'll find it. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he'd love it. On his wall, he's got his Oscar and his all his other stuff, and then the SFRS gold yeah. thing. <laughs> and then when he drops out of top 10, they have to like go and get back off him and go, we're well, not in the top 10 anymore, so you. <laughs> Sorry, we're taking that back. We've yeah. only got ten of these. Yeah, we've only got ten. Yeah. yeah, you have to give it back up. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's getting changed. Yeah. Well, there you go, folks. So that was Mad Max Fury Road, and yeah, we've got an entry into our top ten, which hasn't happened since. Oh, when was the last time that happened? Probably <laughs> wild. The... Probably Alien, about this time last year. Yeah, really long time. So yes, there you go. So if you want to look at our list. Uh, it's at sciencefictionratingsystem.com uh, also we're at all sci-fi rating on Instagram uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, yeah and I've been uh, putting up some uh, of our quizzes up on the uh, Facebook quizzes, yeah. to download if you get that bored uh, also if you're bored oh Chris plug, plug your thing yeah I was going to say if you're mm. bored oh, and you want something to do check out some of Chris's new <laughs> films plug away Chris uh, yeah, go on my Instagram, Chris J Redding. Uh, you'll see some uh, a little series of sketches I've been making in lockdown called "At Home with Botty," about a uh, an ex TV presenter uh, who is kind of going mad, and uh, it's kind of meta because I've kind of gone a bit mad and also made <laughs> and made a robot in my house. And obviously this guy has and is making videos, uh, informational videos for the public using his robot. Where, where does the line end, Chris? Where does the line end between you and the film? I don't We're going to find out. We're going to find out. <laughs> uh, it's very meta at the moment, but we're having okay. fun doing it. You know, it keeps us sane. Um, it's got a very talented guy I know called uh, Matt Skillington in it, who's a very funny guy. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah, and we've been having fun writing it, and we're going to take Botty down increasingly dark paths. <laughs> <laughs> there you so, go, yeah. folks. Hopefully by the time you hear this, there'll probably be two or three episodes out there for you to check out. Mm. Good. Cool. Yeah. Any, anything else, anyone? Oh, Botty. Anyone else got anything to plug? Sam, any short stories? You've been writing? Yeah, I'm... I'm about to finish my masters. Oh. So I'm writing stuff. Cool. I'm nice. writing a uh, memoir about me and Bowie at the minute. Nice. Which is uh, deep and going some horrible places. So. Oh really? <laughs> I'm entering that in some competitions. We'll I, see what happens with that. I'll tell you my uh, David Bowie dream I've had that I had a while ago. I don't think so. Oh, no. Okay. We could do it on or off air. I don't mind. It's quite a long dream. Do it on air. Okay, so... Oh, right. This is, how, how long? I, I can do a... I try and do a shortened version of it. And this, this, this is a dream okay. I had quite a while ago, but it's all... I, I remember it extremely clearly. So, in my dream, I am around... I'm at David Bowie's house. This was after he died. 
uh, and me and Fiona are there, and we're with David Bowie and Iman, and we're sitting down to have a dinner. And uh, we sit down, you know, David's got the dinner out, <laughs> having a glass of wine. And uh, David yeah. Bowie's like, oh, oh, do you remember that time we went to John Lennon's house, Alex? And I'm like, oh, well, that story. And, and, and Iman's like, oh, yeah, I haven't heard this story, Iman. What, 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 what what's that about? She's like, you know, we haven't heard this story. So David's like, oh, yeah, I'll tell you. And then we flash back within my dream to me and David Bowie. Now, John Lennon's died. David Bowie's very upset. And what's happened is John Lennon's parents have turned John Lennon's house into a shrine for John Lennon, right? So me as and David, do. as you do, me and David Bowie go round and we have to like pay money to get in. It's all a bit weird and his parents are there. But they filled the house with John Lennon stuff. But there's also a load of Margaret Thatcher memorabilia everywhere within this house. Hmm. Uh, and David Bowie's really, really angry about it. And we go into the bathroom and there's these tiles, bathroom tiles. And David Bowie's like, oh, there's tiles. They're worth loads of money, those tiles. Oh, and he's like, oh, fuck it. Like, fuck these people making money out of John. So angry. And he smashes some tiles. And me and we run out the house with these stolen tiles. And David Bowie says, what are we going to do with these tiles? They're worth a load of money. And I say, oh, let's go to Mick Jagger's house. We go to Mick Jagger's house and we sell Mick Jagger these tiles from John Lennon's house. Because they're worth a load of money. And then I kind of, you cut back to the dinner table, and David's like, oh, yeah, crazy days like that. And within the dream at this point, it's a bit inception here, I start to think, this is odd. I don't even really like David Bowie that much. Isn't it weird that I'm having this intricate a dream about David Bowie? And like, I'm not even like hugely into him. Isn't that a really weird experience? And that is kind of where I woke up. Uh, so that was my dream. Yeah, it's what it's your thoughts about Margaret Thatcher that came through, which <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was that about? It, I, I, that actually was that was linked to some TV program where they someone's house had a load of Margaret Thatcher stuff. I, that I remember. Have you had a bad experience in someone's bathroom as well with tiling? <sighs> I don't yeah. know. Is that, is that linked to it? Yeah. Why did Mick Jagger? Why did he know a lot about tiles? And oh, I don't know. It's a very odd. Yeah. Dream. Why did you go and try and shift your stolen goods to? Mick, Mick Jagger because he, yeah. he's really good with tiles he knows where to sell them <laughs> I don't know no, who did you sell them to in the end? Mick Jagger we sold the tiles Mick to Jagger, Mick Jagger yeah. 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 yeah he's um, he, he's alright with some tiles but he, he's got a very specific very niche market because he just paints them all black <laughs> very good <laughs> anyway if you, want, you can put that in your book and smoke it as it were <laughs> no you're alright <laughs> you, you can keep have that, that for your book have that for your book <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I was trying to get their mitts on this book now. Yeah. <laughs> any, any David Bowie stories, yeah. Chris, for the yeah. book? Yeah. I could make one. I could make one up just as weird if you like. Yeah. yeah. That's what we're doing. I mean, the piece, the piece isn't called My Weird David Bowie Dream, so it's not really a. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate the effort, Alex, but mm. I'll let you keep that one for yourself. All okay. right. For your own book. Yeah. My Dreams by Alex Humphrey. Yeah, okay. All right, I'll do that. Well, anyway, this has been the Science Fiction Rating System. Next week, we're back with another I Have Never Ever Seen, and it is Chris Redding's I Have Never Ever Seen. And what film is it, Chris? Uh, Next week, we're going to be watching uh, Children of Men. Mm. Mm. Because none of us had seen that, am I right? I'd seen that. Had you? Okay. Yeah. I'll mention it next week. Okay. My experience with it. Oh. It's a dystopian, dystopian uh, film by yeah. Alfonso I mean, it, Cuaron. 
Yeah, buckle, buckle up. Yeah, it's gonna get buckle uh, up. Yeah. Buckle up. Maybe um, we're gonna put a warner on it, like a, a like a trigger warning. For people who are still in lockdown, we like don't yeah, yeah, listen yeah. to next week. Yeah, episode, yeah. Don't yeah. watch it or yeah, yeah. Careful. Yeah. yeah, cool. Uh, but that's us well, for then, now. Yeah. So uh, should we say goodbye, everyone? Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. See you soon. See you. Bye.